I was so thrilled and excited this morning when um, our thoughts immediately went to, um, to Christ and to the baby. Um, I, I've, I, I, I grew up around uh, the assemblies all my life. Um, I was saved at a, a fairly young age. Um, but these teachings were things that I was taught all my life. And it wasn't until very recently that, you know how you hear something over and over again, and okay, who is, who is let's keep the Christ in Christmas, right? And so, you know, we talk about, well, who, who was the baby? And we saw the presentation a couple of weeks ago, right? And we've got Santa and the reindeer and Mary and Joseph and the baby. And, and, and that's as far as we always go, right? And so we say, okay, but, but who, who was that baby? Well, of course, he was Jesus, that's what I want to look into this morning, okay? Because while we are taught that right from a young age, what, what effect does that really have on us? And, and more importantly, how do we live our lives with that knowledge? So, um, very recently I was, I was exposed or... I don't know what the word is, but I started listening to a, a particular song. and It's a song that I absolutely love. It's, it's by a group called Casting Crowns, and I'm sure many of you here know who they are. But um, they put out a Christmas album back uh, five years ago, something like that. And um, the, the, the gentleman who's the lead singer for the group, he wrote a song, and it's, it's a take on a little town of Bethlehem. And it, it's a take in that what he's done is he's taken the song, O Little Town of Bethlehem, and he's, he's perhaps made it a little bit more relevant. I want to quote you the, the first verse. And it says, O little town of Bethlehem, looks like another silent night. Because above your deep and dreamless streets, a giant star lights up the sky. But while you're lying in the dark, there shines an everlasting light. For the king has left his throne and is sleeping in a manger tonight. Bethlehem, what did you miss while you were sleeping? See, God became a man and stepped into your world today. Bethlehem, you will go down in history as a city with no room for its king. And this morning, VG asked me, what's the title of your message? And and I immediately thought of that song. Because that song says, the king has left his throne and is sleeping in a manger tonight. So I want to look again at the story of Christ's birth. But I want to look at it perhaps in a little bit different of a light. Maybe a little more human of a light. Okay? So bear with me. Um, a lot of these might just be rambling thoughts. But they've been incredibly helpful to me. And, and, and as we come into this Christmas season, I really hope that it, it's made a, a, a big difference in the way that I look at that baby who's lying in the manger. Let's just start. Matthew, um, you know what? I do, have, I do have a lot of different passages that I'm going to be flipping back and forth. Um, I'll be reading from the NIV, um, but feel free. If you want to turn along, great. If you don't, sit and listen, please. Um, it's, it's just, I've, I find that that's what I tend to do. I tend to sit and listen because I'm very easily distracted. That's the joke around work. Oh, pretty things. There goes Dan. Um, so, Uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 19. Now, Joseph, 
this picks up the story with Joseph, and this is the birth of this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be ch- with child through the Holy Spirit, because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want her to to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. And after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin shall be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary his home as his wife, but he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and gave him the name Jesus. Now, I've, I've skipped past the part in Luke where the angel comes to Mary. Mary's a young woman. Um, she is a virgin. She is espoused to be married to Joseph. Now, from what we understand, looking back, um, when, when a young couple were engaged to be married, a little bit different than perhaps today, in that when you're espoused, there's usually a dowry that's paid, okay? And um, it is almost like a contract, okay? And we also know that while they weren't yet married, for them to split up the the engagement would require a divorce, okay? Let's look at Joseph for a minute, okay? Young man, like many here. Um, We know that he was a carpenter, okay? Perhaps at this point he was already in his trade, I'm not sure. We're not told how young of a man he was, nor are we told how young of a woman Mary was. But here he is, he's engaged to be married to her, And what happens? She's found to be with child. She's pregnant. What do you do? What do you as a man do? Okay? Because we know there's only one way for a woman to be pregnant, and he knows he wasn't involved. So now he's got a dilemma on his hands. And and look at Joseph. Understand who he was, a man. Here's a young woman who he obviously has feelings for, he obviously loves, and she's been found to be with a child, and he knows it's not his. What do you do? So, he plans on divorcing her quietly. Now, why would he do that? Well, because the law required at that time, the Jewish law, that she should be stoned. So, by, by let's keep this quiet and merry. And he didn't want to make a spectacle of her. Is it perhaps that he loved her already? No doubt. But he was planning on putting her aside privately, quietly. Let's not make a spectacle of this, right? So, he is going through the plans of doing that. He goes to sleep in the night. The angel of the Lord comes to him in his sleep and says, no, 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 Joseph, it's okay. Because what is inside Mary is of God, okay? 
you and I have all had dreams. We've all woken up from dreams, and we've all gone, what was that? Okay? And he could have very easily just gone, ha, ha, right? But he didn't. And so, in a step of faith and in a step of obedience, he did take Mary to be his wife. Now, she also knew that what was in her was of God because she also knew that, first of all, an angel had come to her and said, this is going to happen. She knew before Joseph. Did she talk to Joseph previously? Did she say to him, hey, Joseph, I don't know. Scripture doesn't record that. But what a leap of faith on his part. So he agrees, perhaps hesitantly, okay, because we already know what his plans were, okay, but he agrees and takes her. Now, we're going to jump over to Luke, Luke chapter 2, because there it says, while in, the, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, uh, the Romans uh, at this point were under the Roman Empire. Um, they were the occupying forces in the region. Okay, And so they wanted to know who was there and where they came from and how much tax they owed them. So they put out a decree that we needed a census to be taken to the entire Roman world. Um, so verse 3, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee to, in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and expecting the child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him up in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Wow. So, they're required to take a census to go back to their hometown. So they go back to their hometown. Joseph takes Mary with him. Okay, They go back to the hometown. And she's great with child. And while they're there, the labor pains start. Think about this for a minute. Okay, They're away from home. They're together. We know that... We just finished reading because there was no room for them in the inn, okay? We know that the place was packed. Lots of people coming back to the hometown because they were required to by law, okay? There's nowhere for them to go. This baby's coming, Joseph. What are we going to do? Think of the fear. Think of the terror, okay? And so they did find a place. Where was it? Well, tradition says that it was in a barn, um, perhaps it was, perhaps it wasn't. Um, we know in the area there was a lot of rocks and caves. Perhaps it was a hollow out in the field where there was a shelter built, okay? But obviously there was a spot there where there was a place for a feeding trough for the sheep. That's where our Lord and Savior came into this world out in the cold at nighttime in a little covered place or perhaps a barn or perhaps a cave 
to two young parents, probably alone. They take the baby. I was there for my son's birth. They would have taken the baby, dried him off, cleaned him, somehow cut the cord. How did that happen? I don't know. They wrapped him up in cloths. Okay? When my little guy came into the world, the hospital, nice, big, clean, warm environment, okay? The heat lights everywhere. He came in, they dried him off, they put him immediately on a scale, they weighed him, they checked all his vitals, they did all those things, then they put a neat little jumper on him, wrapped them all up, bundled them up, he was out in about 30 seconds, but bundled them all up and presented him. Okay? That's how we do it now. This was in a barn. What little I know about sheep, not much. But we have a friend, very good friends in our lives. They were sheep farmers for many, 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 many years. Um, we know that scripture goes on to tell us that there was also shepherds there, um, which leads us to know that it was probably a spot for sheep. Now, sheep are dirty animals. Okay, They're... Um, it's, it's remarkable that scripture compares us to sheep continually because, oh man, when you start drawing parallels, it's unbelievable. But anyway, they're not too smart. They make a mess wherever they go. And if that includes in the barn where they eat, so be it. Not a big deal. They will, um, when a, a baby lamb is born, it has to be removed from the pen area because the mother will step on it. Um, they're not very bright animals. So here we are, no doubt a messy little spot. Um, the sheep farm that my friend had, they, they milked sheep. It was for dairy purposes. Um, they had certain health regulations that they had to abide by. Therefore, things had to be clean. Um, it was a daily chore. I'm sure back at this time, they didn't care a whole lot about that. Sheep dung is stinky. It smells. We already talked about how the fact that it was in a barn or perhaps outside, in the cold, in the dark, in the stench. That's what our Lord was born into. You know, we start back at the beginning of our Bible. It says, in the beginning, God, what? I hear some mumbling. In the beginning, God... Bingo. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Yes, he did. And we know that he spoke the worlds into existence. Okay? So, when we turn over to John chapter 1, John chapter 1 starts out, and it says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right. He was with God in the beginning. Catch verse 3. Through him all things were made, and without him was nothing made that has been made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not, or understood it not. Okay? What did that just say? 
In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay? He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? Right? Who was the word that was with God that created? The Bible says all things were made by him and for him, and without him was not anything that was made. Who created? You're right. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians, pardon me, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Okay? He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is before all things. In him all things hold together. He created the world. And here he is lying in a smelly barn wrapped up in cloths, sleeping in a feeding drop. Look at that step that he made. From the glories of heaven, from the... (sighs) Created it all. And then takes the step Let's imagine for a minute. Time's getting short. Let's imagine for a minute. Okay? Genesis chapter 2, it talks about when, when he created man. Okay? This is the one thing that creation, pardon me, that, that our Bible accounts that says that God formed. Okay? He spoke into existence all the things up to that point, and then he formed man from the dust of the ground. Right? Agree? Okay. Let's picture that scene. Okay. Was it perhaps on the ground? Was it perhaps on a table? I don't know. But here we have our creator, our Lord. And he gathers together the dust of the ground, some dirt, perhaps something to make it pliable, perhaps some clay, I don't know. And he formed what? In his own image. So, here we have the hands of the creator forming the hands of man. Imagine the scene. Imagine him there, perhaps on the ground, and, and, and forming the head and the, the face and the shoulders and the arms, the body, the torso, the legs. You can imagine him, if you've ever watched the, the potters working with clay and, and taking his, his thumbs and, and forming, you know, pushing down on the cheekbones and creating the nose and and the eyes, the hands, all these things. And he's, he's there and he's creating. And then what does scripture say? He breathed into man what? The, the breath of life. He bends over. He takes a breath. 
and he breathes into man. That form, that clay, that dirt changes into flesh, hair, eyes that open and see, skin turns flesh. The chest heaves as it draws in its first breath of life and begins to sit up, okay? Breaks away from the ground that it was created from. God created. And there he is. And now he stepped out of the glories of heaven, out of the throne room. What was that scene? What happened there? He bids goodbye to his father, to the angels perhaps, and then he goes down to earth and he's invisible for nine months. I mean, so many churches teach so many different things and I heard someone saying one day that, oh no, 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 Um, Jesus wasn't God until his baptism and that's when the Holy Spirit came upon him and he became God. Don't believe it. Don't believe it. Okay? Our creator stepped out of the heavens and into the womb of a young girl and for nine months grew in that womb and was delivered into the world in a smelly old pen and laid in a feeding trough Why would he do that? So many religions teach that, no, 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 it's okay. We're all going to get there. We're all going to get there. It doesn't matter whether you're Christian or whether you're Hindu or whether you're Muslim or whatever. God's a God of love, right? We're all going to get there. doesn't matter. If that were the case, why did he send his son out of the throne room of heaven down to be born and to rely wholly and fully on his own creation to nurture him, to feed him, to keep him warm, to change his diaper, to wipe his tears, to hold his hand? Teach him to walk, crawl, eat. Why would he do that? Simple. He loved you so much. Our time's gone. Didn't even talk about the shepherds. Didn't even talk about the angels. When you hear that song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing... Think of it in a new light. For nine months, their creator as well was gone. They lived in his presence, and yet he was gone. And now here he is, joy to the world. The Lord has come. And man, did they make a spectacle of the sky that night. But he came in a smelly old trough, wrapped up in rags, lying in a manger, our creator, our Lord.
our Savior. He was not just a baby in the straw. He was not just the Christ. You know, you, you see the little depictions of him, and, and we've all seen the lawn ornaments and the plastic blow mold and, you know, the little baby. There was no glowing around his head. He was fully God, fully human, a baby, the creator. In his creation, you shall call his name Emmanuel, God, with us. That's our Savior, born in a manger. The step that he took so that you could have your sins forgiven so that we could spend eternity with him. When you think of Christmas, when you remember, remember those things, because that's really what it was. Let's close in prayer. Father, we're so thankful for your son, Jesus Christ. We're so thankful that all those years ago, he stepped out of your glorious presence, your throne room. He came into this earth, the stench of this earth, the smell, the filth, the corruption, the disorder, the chaos. And yet, Father, he would humble himself. Your word says he humbled himself and endured a death, even the death of the cross, We're so thankful for him. We're thankful that he did humble himself. And we're thankful that we can know our sins forgiven and eternal life. Father, we sang so many wonderful hymns this morning. and One of those hymns speaking of the time when we will see him again. We will see him for the first time, Father. Face to face with Christ, my Savior. Face to face, what will it be when with rapture I behold him? Jesus Christ, who died. From me. Father, we're looking forward to that day. But in the meantime, Father, we're thankful that we can be here. We're thankful for this remembrance that we've had of your Son. We're thankful for the life that we now live. And we can live and we can enjoy because of his journey to this earth. So we'd ask your blessing on each one here, Father. If there's any here that don't know you, don't know your son as their personal savior. Father, we just ask that question again. Why would he come if there was any other way? And so, Father, we just ask for your hand upon those persons this morning that might be here that don't yet know. And, Father, they might see the true meaning of Christmas. So we thank you, Father. And we'd ask your, your parting blessing upon each one of us as we head back to our homes. Take us safely, we pray, and bless our activities today. We thank you. We praise you in our Savior's precious name. Amen.